Now John chapter 6, and it's interesting, and I, I don't study numerology a lot, uh, but it's interesting that John 666, uh, what it says, John 666, the Bible says from that time, uh, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And uh, no mention of the Antichrist, but that's what the Antichrist does. It takes the love uh, that we're supposed to give uh, to the Lord Jesus and turns it away from him. Uh, but the message tonight is titled this, When the Multitude Walked Away from Christ. When the multitude walked away from Christ, or we could title it, The Day Jesus Had a Church Split. It was a bad one. He only had 12 left. And uh, so we're going to see tonight, I believe, an important, important truth. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please uh, fill me with your spirit as I preach your word tonight. There was so much in my mind and in my heart of what I uh, desire to preach tonight. And I pray that each of us, uh, whether a brand new Christian or uh, been saved a long time, been in church a long time, I pray that we would listen and allow your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and in our minds. I hunger, I hunger for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit tonight. Please, oh God, I pray in Jesus' name, uh, amen. This is the most interesting passage of Scripture and one that cannot be taken lightly and without too careful reading and rereading and study. We must be careful when we read the Scripture that we not read into it what it does not say because someone else said it. Uh, let me say that again. Sometimes we read things into passages that the Bible doesn't say. Someone else said it, and uh, we think that's what it says, but that's not what it says. Uh, for example, if you look uh, at uh, uh, verse number 64, uh, and he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. Some would say there it is. God chooses who goes to heaven, who goes to hell. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. You have to take the Bible at a balance and face value. The Bible said he's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness as uh, long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible says if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Now it does not say that I chose some not to believe. That's not what it says. It doesn't say that anywhere in the passage or context. And so it's an important passage of Scripture, and there is some confusion. And the part of the, of the, of the passage I want to focus on in the message tonight is that point in time when Jesus spoke plainly to, plainly to them about not only being born again, but being committed in following Him. And when He preached that message, they all walked away walked away. Can you imagine this? I thought today, I don't want to imagine this. I don't want to think what it would be like if I preached a sermon and everybody in church walked away except the staff and they were asleep and missed the sermon. <laughs> 
And, and, and I, I, I don't want to imagine that. Everybody left. I mean, Jesus is preaching. And, uh, of course, the thing that uh, he was preaching, uh, that, that it did get their attention. I'll just show you uh, what it is so you understand. If you back up to verse number 53, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The Catholics use that verse uh, to teach a false doctrine they call trans substantiation. And they say the way you are saved is that you eat the flesh and you drink the blood, but they also do it symbolically with a piece of bread and the juice or wine. They do it symbolically. But he's not talking about his actual flesh, his actual blood. He says in verse number 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. Here's the key. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John chapter 1, the Bible says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among you. So what he's saying is that you're not going to be born again unless you receive the truth of the word of God about me. This book right here is truth. Uh, religion is not salvation. Uh, religion uh, or going through uh, religious practices is not being born again. Uh, being born again is receiving Christ, receiving the truth of his word, uh, receiving the fact that I am a sinner and that I need a savior. There's no way I can personally uh, earn or work uh, my way to heaven. And the only way I could go to heaven is him paying my sin debt for me, which he did. And I received Christ as my savior. And that's what he is teaching here. And I want to note that there are many reasons that people follow Christ. And uh, people follow Christ as indicated in this passage of Scripture for different reasons. Some followed Him for the miracles and Jesus said so. He said, you're not here to hear the Word of God. You're here to see a miracle. And uh, it would have been interesting. I would have wanted to be there for the sake of seeing the miracle, but Jesus wanted more than that. He said, some of you are here because of the fish and bread. And some follow Christ because they want their personal needs met. Uh, some follow Christ because they have a hurt, they have a pain, they have a sickness, and they want Christ to help them and heal them. And he can do all of that, but he's more than a piece of bread. He's the bread of life. He is more than a physician. He is the great physician that gives salvation. Some follow him for religion. Uh, some uh, have religion and it's a personal satisfaction. They satisfy themselves uh, uh, through uh, a religion or a public show. Uh, and yet some follow him because they realize, I'm a sinner on my way to a devil's hell. And I need to be born again. And I receive Christ as my personal Savior. And I believe because he has saved me from a devil's hell that I owe my life back to him as a living sacrifice to God. And I believe that tonight. I believe I owe him more than a little change. I, I think I owe him more uh, than a little bit of pocket money. I think I owe him my life because my life is in Christ. Without Christ, I'm lost and on my way to a devil's hell. It often takes a challenge of life. Here it's a challenge of truth that separate the people for the various reasons that they follow Christ. And here he gives a truth that separates the committed from the curious. Are you with me? He deals with this matter of salvation. 
The same is true today. Nothing is different today. There are those who have today created their own selfish and personal brand of Christianity. They borrow their language from the Bible, but they borrow their practices in music and dress from a godless world. They've created their own personal brand of Christianity. They promote compromise on the altar of grace and the altar of a love for souls. And most of them who say, uh, well, we want to get people saved. That's why we compromise. They see very few people saved. They criticize those of us who take a stand for holiness and godliness and decency and separation from the world And they love to point their finger and say, you are a divider or you are a troublemaker. And so the trials come. The tough times come. The truth comes. And when that comes, they are revealed for who they really are. And when the truth is preached, the whole crowd, they disperse. The whole crowd is gone. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Jesus turned to his disciples then and said, Will ye go, or will ye also go away? And Simon Peter, I love this guy. I can put up with a little bit of his talking too much because sometimes he really says something. Now, I love what he says. He said, Lord... To whom shall we go? There's nobody else that can save us. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No friend is so high and holy. No, not one. No, not one. When in despair, there is none that can lift us but Jesus. When doctors fail, there is none that can help us but Jesus. In the time of death, there is none that can comfort us like Jesus. In the time of weariness, there is none that can rest us like Jesus. In times of loneliness, there is none that can console us like Jesus. In times of hurt, there is no balm like the balm of Gilead in Christ Jesus. In the times of rejection of the world and so-called friends, there is none that can befriend us like the lowly Jesus. There is none other. Jesus says to his twelve, we also go away. Now, why is it that men turn from Jesus? When I say that, I mean mankind. Why is it that mankind turn from Jesus? They follow for a while, but they turn. I offer you some reasons tonight. And the reason I preach this message, I want you to ask yourself the question, Why am I in church tonight? Hey, teenagers, listen to me. Why am I in church tonight? Why am I following Christ? Why am I here tonight? Am I here in church for some of the same reasons that these who followed Christ did so for the miracles and the food and the personal needs? But when Jesus started dealing with them in the matter of being born again, recognizing that they were sinners that needed a Savior, they walked away. And in this crowd, all 
but his 12. Why tonight are we here? I offer you some reasons. Some are looking for an easy religion. An easy religion eases the conscience during a good season. But religion will not take you through the tough times of life. An easy religion has no commitments required. And it's good for the easy times of life. But what about when being confronted with the truth as Jesus speaks here? Now it's possible for folks to attend this church and be faithful in church as these disciples followed Christ, but there is no real relationship with you and Christ. If it were not for church, you would not think about him. If it were not for church and through the week, in fact, you have to remember on Wednesday uh, when it's time for church where you put your Bible after church on Sunday night. I'm preaching to you. It is preaching time. Or you have to wonder on Sunday morning, where did I last leave my Bible? And this is not a book you read. It's a book you show. I'm saying tonight there were reasons that some followed Christ and when it came down to the truth, when it came down to the truth of knowing Christ for the right reason as a savior of the world, many walked away because some were just going through religious exercises. A good man came to my office one day. I believe he's born again. I, I do. I believe he's a saved man. But he made a statement I never forgot. He said, Preacher, in this church, I can never feel satisfied here. I feel like I have to always be growing. And I said, Amen. I'm glad you feel that way. And he said, But no, no, no. He said, That's a problem. Oh, I said, I thought you were saying that's why you're glad you're a part of the church. Because we are to be becoming more like Christ. We do sing the song, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I pray that I'm ahead of where I was as a Christian 10 years ago. Ah, but dear friend, if Jesus gives me another day to live, I want to be more like him. I want to be in his presence. I want to know him in a better way. I want his life to be seen in my life. And there are some tonight, that's not why they go to church. They're not coming to grow they're coming to satisfy their conscience to say I was in church today and I sang the songs and I put money in the offering plate Christianity is more than a religion it's a relationship there's another reason that some followed Christ some uh, and and then they went away uh, some are afraid of others the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare you know Pilate he did not receive Christ, but he did not want to reject Christ. So he put that to popular vote. He let them decide. He washed his hands. He felt so guilty. I imagine he's still attempting to wash his hands. But there are some, they fear man. Some go to church because others are going to church. Some quit church because others quit church. We ought to be in church because of our relationship with Christ. He is my Redeemer. I will sing of my Redeemer, of the Christ who died for me. 
I wonder tonight if there is a peer pressure that pushes you toward church or pushes you away from church. And I wonder tonight why we are here or why we would miss church. What is it that would cause us uh, to have a, a spiritual activity in our life? Some live spiritually or religiously because of their peer pressure or their fear of men. There are some who left Christ because they're afraid to believe. It's an interesting statement. They are afraid to believe. It's interesting. They desire to believe. Our flesh desires to believe what appears to our flesh versus faith in Christ. We want to believe what seems to be right rather than what the Word of God says. Nathaniel said this when he was told about Jesus. He asked the question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He didn't want to believe because it didn't seem right in his flesh. It didn't seem right in his mind. I use this illustration often as uh, the old preacher uh, was wa watching Walter Cronkite one evening in the evening news and Walter Cronkite, he uh, signed off in the way he always did and that's the way it is, July 23, uh, 2022. And old Vance Habner, the preacher, stood up and he said, No, Walter, that's the way it seems. This is the way it is. It's amazing to me how we follow deceptions today, how we follow feelings of the flesh, how we follow emotions rather than the truth of the Word of God. And Jesus got this crowd together, ever how many there were, and he began to talk about receiving him as Savior. He got their attention by saying, uh, uh, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, and no doubt that got their attention. What's he talking about? He goes on to say that the spirit, uh, the flesh profiteth nothing but the spirit and my words, they are life and my words, they are spirit. And he is telling them, you need to receive me as your personal savior. And they walked away because they found it hard to believe in him. Thomas said this, I won't believe unless I see the prince in his hands. I won't believe. By the way, Jesus wants us to believe. And I'm going to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter what seems right or what seems true. That old black book right there is true. That is the Word of God. By the way, I hold in my hand a copy of the inspired, preserved Word of God. I heard somebody say the other day, well, I believe the originals are inspired. Well, I have a copy of the original right here that is inspired. Folks, folks want to disconnect what they call originals. I don't know what they mean by originals, uh, but they want to disconnect the originals from the Word of God. If God preserved it, He preserved the life, which is what inspired means. There's another reason some would walk away from Christ. Some desire to gain the world. Take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 10. Take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 10. I want you to notice down here in verse number 22. Mark chapter 10, verse number 22. I want you to see uh, this verse. Uh, some walk away because they desire to gain the world. Here's a young man that wants to know what good thing he can do to inherit eternal life. If he's looking for something good to do, Jesus starts by getting his attention. And he tells him, he says, well, sell everything you have and just give it to God. Verse 22, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. 
Now, you're not saved by giving everything you have, but Jesus was getting this man's attention. And what he was trying to get him to understand, there is no good thing you can do to go to heaven. There is no money you can give to go to heaven. You have to realize, hey, friend, you're a sinner. Are we on the same page tonight with the Word of God that all of us were born sinners? And all of us must be born again. It was not just a cliche, not just a saying when Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. That's what he meant. And you must be born again if you're to see the kingdom of heaven. And dear friend, in John chapter 6, he's telling this crowd, you follow me for different reasons, but unless you've received me, unless you've received my truth, unless you've received my word, unless you've received me as Savior, you're not going to be saved. You're not born again and that crowd they walked away the prodigal son left home in order to seek a land of pleasure there are many who will say and I've had thousands tell me over the years I want to get saved but, 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 but not right now and I've often said what is it that's keeping you from trusting Christ as Savior right now and they, they wouldn't tell me but it's S-I-N it's a sin they're holding on to I want to tell you, dear friend, there's not a sin in this world. I don't care what pleasure or enjoyment is connected to it is worth you dying and spending an eternity in the lake of fire in the pits of hell. There is nothing, but there are many holding on to their sin. Here's what they want to do. They want to live their life of pleasure when they can't have any more pleasure. Then they want to pray and receive Christ as Savior at the end. Now I want to tell you something. You better trust Him when He calls. You better trust Him when the Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart, dear friend. You better trust Him if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. You're not saved. You better hit your knees if it's right now. You better receive Christ as your Savior. There's some that walked away because they wanted to hold on to the world. Or as Paul told Timothy in chapter 3, they're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. How sad it is we live in a nation that is so filled with pleasure, so filled with sensual desires that thinking of God is not anything on their mind. Oh, but wait a minute, teenager. The games are a fun part of the youth activities, but that's not why we're here. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy the Christian life. I like that verse in Nehemiah where it says, drink the fat and eat the sweet. We're going to eat good. Um, we're going to enjoy life. Ah, oh, but dear friend, that's not what it's about. What it's about is you personally knowing Christ as your Savior and not only knowing Him as Savior, but being committed uh, to a life of service for Christ. That's what he was preaching to this crowd when Jesus had a church split. Some are too proud. Take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter 16. They're too proud and they walk away. They're afraid that they're going to have to identify with Christ and Christians. Proverbs chapter 16, notice verse number 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. They're proud. It's interesting to me. Folks, will, they'll shy away from looking, acting, smelling, walking, talking like a Christian. Then they'll go to a football game and paint themselves like a whatever. And they'll cheer for their team. They'll wear their colors. Not ashamed to be with that crowd. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not ashamed to be a child of God. 
I want everybody to know I'm not trying to be uh, or portray myself. I am, I am a born again child of God. But oh dear friend, I want you to know who I belong to. I belong to the master that saved my soul. He picked me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a solid rock. He established my goings and he put a new song in my mouth. And I want everybody to know I'm a child of God. I don't want to ever have too much pride. And I'm not talking about just in church on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. I'm talking about Monday afternoon when I meet someone new or when I give someone a gospel track. I don't want to be ashamed that I'm a child of God. I'll close with this. Some are looking for a better day. Some are looking for the promises of the world to come true. They've been working and working and working. They've been waiting for the devil to pay off. And the devil promises to pay tomorrow. They're waiting for that big lottery win, that big casino win, that big jackpot win. Friend, the day I trusted Christ, I gained... I gained an eternal inheritance. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now let's examine our lives tonight to see why we are in church. Let's examine our life to see what it would take to keep us from being in church. Let's just begin with the basics and understand everybody born a sinner. Some may be considered worse sinners than others, but all have the same sentence of sin, and the wages of sin is death. Are you with me tonight? That's why Jesus died to pay for my sin. He didn't get baptized to pay for my sin. Baptism is important. Baptism is a profession, public picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when a person is baptized, that, mean, that means I believe Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus was buried for me. I believe Jesus rose for me. And I have the resurrection life in me. That's what baptism means. But Jesus didn't get baptized for my salvation. He died on an old rugged cross and paid my sin debt. That's what Jesus did. He died because the wages of sin is death. Oh, but thank God Jesus had victory over death and hell and the grave and on that third and appointed morning up from the grave he arose. I serve a risen Savior tonight. I'm thankful that I'm a child of the King. On this day a great crowd was around him and Jesus began to preach the straight and narrow truth. Are you born again? I ask you tonight, when was the day you received Christ as your Savior? If you've never received him, you ought to make this day, July 23, 2022, 7 p.m., the day you trust Christ as your Savior. Stand with me if you would.